the faster the ball is rolling, the easier it is for me to maneuver you to get there. But if you're a stationary, even if I put a little pressure on you, you're still not going forward anywhere. Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life. All right. You got it. Everybody, welcome back to the Wayfinder Show. We uh we have an interesting episode today because my partner Louie is not here. So I'm gonna take a run at this thing solo. So hopefully you guys can bear with me here. But fortunately, we have a great guest today. Um, I know anybody that's listened has heard Louie and I talk about Go Bundance Emerge and, and even more specifically about our accountability pods. In Go Abundance Emerge, that group we're part of. And our guest today is actually part of my accountability pod. So I talk to him about once a week or so, if not more, and a million texts. And uh, he's he's a good friend of mine and, and an amazing dude. You guys are all going to love this conversation. So Jason Regan, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. This is going to be fun. We've been trying to get this going for a while, but uh, kind of... Uh, Hard to find slots in your calendar, I think, and mine as well. Yeah, yeah, I need to, I need to work on that. I'm <laughs> working on it, as we'll talk about, right? I'm working on it. Exactly, exactly. So uh, why don't you just tell the listener a little bit about your background, and then we'll we'll dive into where you're at and where you're going. Sure. So my name is Jason Regan. I am a coach that helps people get their investment business started and getting them out of their heads because... I can teach you all the tactics, but if you can't get out of your own head to do it, then you're not going to get anywhere. Background, I've been in investment for a few years. I've flipped a bunch of houses. I have a short-term rental, long-term rental. I'm a GP on a motel. I am a partner in a short-term rental management business. I'm a partner in a coaching business. Um, I did real estate, and we'll talk about that after uh, for a few years. Uh, top producing real estate agent like everyone else in the world has been in their life. Um, before that, WT, W2 world, I was a process improvement person and quality control. So I was the person making sure when you lost something in warehouses, it was found when my team was and making sure the stuff coming to you as well. I worked with Nike, Sears, TJX. Uh, in fact, one of the coolest things I did is Nike has like a 2 million square foot distribution center in Memphis. And I was one of the people that helped open and like the, the expansion to it. Oh, nice. And we did systems integration testing and it was cool. Um, except I actually left my, I came like eight months because I was working six to seven twelves for eight months. And as you know, man, family matters, fun mm. matters, other things matter. Uh, I just didn't have any of that. I actually had a day off once during that time. Um, and I slept, woke up, my wife had made dinner because she's wonderful ate dinner, went back to bed, woke up the next day to go to work. Like I slept the entire day. <laughs> I didn't know we could even do that. Jeez. I was a I was a sloth or I was a bear hibernating. I don't know what to describe that as. Yeah. It's funny, man, because obviously that doesn't seem like a life. And it's like people bust their ass to get in that position you were in, right? And then you, know, you get yeah. there and it's like, well what the hell? When I'm just living to work right now. So that's all it was. It was the it was the grind and it was all about finances the finances the finances to get yourself like we talk about financial freedom in the our world but in the w2 world it's all about getting to that top spot as fast as possible right it's still a climb they're both climbs the same thing but that was getting to there as fast as possible how to get promoted that's why i was in memphis actually like i live up in massachusetts and i got a spot to go to memphis as a promotion um with tjx and you know it was a, it was like kind of like should we shouldn't we sort of thing because my wife is here my family's here her job is here 
And we finally decided to go down there and do it together. And it was a wonderful experience because you never get figure out how to get closer or probably have a father away if you want to. Well, for us, it was closer to a significant other as if you move away from everyone and every friend you know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the only person you have at that point in time. And it brought us a lot closer. We did things together. We did martial arts together. Uh, we got in the best shape of our lives. It was, it was awesome. It's really, it really was a great impact for our relationship. And for my business, obviously, I'm not even in that business anymore. But everything we do in the past helps us out in the future. Right? Yeah. I went down. I agree with that promotion. Like I remember when Katie and I left Michigan many moons ago and moved to Colorado and kind of left her family behind. It was the same thing. You know, we were spending a lot of time and we both love our families and it was great to have them close. But it was like, you know, we were doing things with the family every weekend. My wife's the youngest of eight. So there's always something going on. And and like, so when we moved to Denver, it was just, okay, now what? It's just us. And then we started making friends and it was probably the best thing we could have done for our relationship, I think. So not yeah. for everybody, but I, I know exactly what you're saying. It was it was cool. Yeah, I loved it. The only thing that I didn't love was Thanksgiving at the Cracker Barrel <laughs> <laughs> the first year because, you know, we didn't really make friends there yet. And we didn't want, we didn't, it was a, what, 20 hour drive home or something like that from Memphis. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Lemonster. So. We were like, all right, I guess we're going to have a Thanksgiving dinner. It was really good. Don't, I'm not saying anything bad about the Cracker Bell. I mean, the <laughs> flavor was good. The food was good. But it wasn't like a Thanksgiving meal the way around. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right. So you were doing that. You've already alluded to you're not doing that anymore. So um, how did you get out of that? And what, what caused you to get out of that and, and kind of seek your entrepreneurship journey? So I guess I didn't have a choice. Um, so I've always actually thought about being an entrepreneur and kick things around. I actually at one point designed a martial arts studio um, to open for crowd when I was really into that. I still am. I mean, I still do it. Hopefully I'll be a black belt if I can get time to do it at some point. I'm one step away. Um, so Memphis was never a, this is where we're going to stay away from family. It was always going to go back to family. I'm a big family person. My wife's a big family person. Um, so she got a call from the hospital saying, hey, she had an interview. And during the interview, I was like, they talked for like 10 minutes, like, you got the job. I was like, what is this bull crap? Every time I have an interview for business, I have five interviews with two people per interview for an hour each, and you get one call. Like, damn you and your industry. Um, but she <laughs> got the job, which is wonderful. So we talked. I gave my notice at Sears, and we moved back to Massachusetts. Right before we moved, I was able to land a job at a SaaS company software as a service, um, as a manager overseeing people doing taxes. They had a tax software basically that helped big businesses file the taxes monthly and quarterly and yearly. So I oversaw the people doing that. And then at that time we were buying a house. I think it was November we ended up buying our house. And that was an interesting process, right? And then I go to work one day and it's like, you know what? We don't need you anymore. Uh, like, cool. So I come home like, Dude, I'm a man, but I admit I came home balling because I'm like, I'm letting my family down. Like, what do I do? Like, holy shit. Like, what happens now? Um, luckily, I got unemployment during the time, so that helped me out a lot, too. I went on a bunch of other job interviews. And I kept getting, being like, nailed that interview. This is mine. Never happened. Nailed that interview. This is mine. Never happened. Finally, I was talking to my wife. and I was like, hey, I want to think about this real estate agent thing. Like, are you like, I want you back and you're cool with this. And she's like, yeah. So I reached out to the agent that sold us our house and said, I want to sit with you. Now I want to know non HGTV version. What's living a real estate agent? What, what's the goods? What's the bads? How hard this is going to be? Like, what do I got to do to succeed? She, she sat down and talked to me for a while. Talked to my wife, probably a few interviews during the time. I don't remember. Um, and decided to join Kelly Williams, a real estate agent, took my test. It's, it's 40 hours in Massachusetts. You have to listen to a guy for 40 hours about stuff you will never, ever use um, in your real estate agency business. Um, but that's what you have to do. So I, I think it was, I think I did it in like a week, all 40 hours, and my mind was mush. And I took a few more weeks to study, take practice tests and stuff like that, schedule the test. I don't remember how long it was. It wasn't long. And then I actually joined Keller Williams on the same team that the person who sold me the house was on. So the real estate team sort of thing. And 
took the same work ethic I had in W two world of because I was in warehousing. Warehousing they push you and push you and push you, um, and then just put it all into that making the phone calls, doing the things you don't want to do. Right, picking up the phone, talking to random people that you don't know, going to see these houses that you don't know, like all the hard things that people that don't make it don't want to do. Right, I don't like cold calling hate it but i've done it a bunch of times because i needed to do it mm-hmm. but i built my business at for a while so i don't have to do that anymore um but that's and that's how i get into real estate agency bounced around there for a while and it became a top producing agent made my own team i didn't do it right but i had built my own team you're supposed to, i had too many expenses basically um so if you had to make your own team i've talked to people about it before too make sure you do it the right way which will lead with revenue rather than and get the right people in there rather than trying to pull people along that don't want to go right we can we can steer people but we never want to drag them to a destination mm-hmm. and i use that in my coaching business too like if i'm helping you in coaching uh my coach aaron had said to me like the faster the ball is rolling the easier it is for me to maneuver you to get there but if you're a stationary even if i put a little pressure on you you're still not going forward anywhere a uh, little side by there, sorry. No, that's and, good. That's an interesting. I, I got a good visual from that. I've never heard it put like that before. So yeah, that's great. I always use the. Um, I always use like walking as it, but he said that bowling ball thing to me um, when we were in Chicago. I was like, "Yes, that is awesome. That is going here to be used later." Yeah. So, yes, that was all him. I'm not taking any credit for that, uh, but that guy says some pretty profound things. Uh, so first person to ever say that jason regan folks you heard it here yes (laughs) aaron never said that aaron Aaron, if you're listening to this that's a lie um yeah so from there um covid hit and i was trying to figure out what to do and i knew i wanted to get investing it was always in the back of my mind like as a real estate agent the minute i start making transactions or selling houses the minute stop making stop making money we don't have 401ks yeah we can start iras and stuff like that but most of most of us don't so i was like all right I, i'm not going to work at 90 selling houses out on saturday night at seven o'clock so i don't want to do that so i need to figure out how can i get into the investing world randomly before my team stopped a lead came in and occasionally i would check so i gave him a call and said hey just want to make sure that someone on my team followed up with you and you got what you needed. He's like, no, they never, they never called me. Okay. It's an investor. Cool. What do you want to see? So I take him out to see this house that he wants to flip. We talk, we hit it off and stuff like that. Worked with him. I found him a house he wanted to flip. Then I found him a second house for him to flip. And I get to list him on the back end, right? That's the cool thing. Then I talked to him. And I was like, I want to learn how to do this, man. I don't have the money. You live in Boston. I'll be your boots on the ground. I will be the hustle, right? I'll be there all the time. You just tell me what to do, help teach me so I can learn how to do this, but I'm going to be your man on the scene. I'll be there with the phone up, FaceTime, I don't care what, because I just want to be in the business. And I had this guy that's in the business, so I was giving value to him, and he was giving me value back. That guy ended up being my partner for a year. We flipped houses for a year together. And then I flipped houses for a year or so without him. Because we went in separate directions. He's now, he's doing a lot of development where I went into the coaching space and short-term rental space with my business there. So that's kind of how I walked from W2 to investing. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And like you said, now you're doing, so you were flipping. I take it you aren't flipping houses anymore, right? You, you kind of no, did your last just- one earlier this year or last year. I think earlier this year is why I closed on my last one, which was my worst flip. Um, with the volatility of the market and the other things I'm doing, it's not good for me. Um, I continue to get inklings to do it because you can, it can be a good big influx of cash. Sure. Like, I mean, I, I mean, 80 on one, 40 on another. I lost some money on one, although I kept that one. Like, when you're investing, it's like, if you lose money, it's when. Like, it will happen no matter how good you are at it. Um, but one of the things that we'll probably talk about more is I stopped because the market was fluctuating so much, but I'm staying out of it because no, it's not my lane. So I did the whole icky guy thing and we talked a journey and uh, 
many things this year have told me that my path, what fulfills me the most is helping people. Yeah. So coaching, speaking, things like that. So that's what I'm spending my time doing now instead of flipping houses. Let's go back a second. You mentioned you did the icky guy thing. Can you explain that a little more for everybody? Yeah. So I didn't know anything about that. So I went to the mm-hmm. Chicago event for Go Abundance, and they're like, "We're going, we're going to do some icky guy." I'm like, "I feel like I'm gonna, am I going to stick something to the wall? Like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> throw disgusting food at each other? Is this, is this an icebreaker?" Um. So Aaron read, led us through this, where it's something to help you find your path. And we did it only for like one thing. Like, what do you want to do in life? Because you can find your mission, your profession, your passion. I forgot what the fourth one was um, on that one. So it's what do you love doing? You write all that stuff down. What are you great at doing? You write all that stuff down. What does the world need? You write all that stuff down. And then what can you get paid for? So you have all these lists and this is the basics of it. Like I'm dumbing it down. This icky guy experts and people that are certified to do this and stuff like that. But this is the basics. And you go through all of them. You find a common thread. What can you see in every one of these? And then you kind of circle them. I use circle them. I guess you draw a line too. And it should lead you to what you should be doing. Because mm-hmm. the line should be like, I love doing this. I'm also great at doing this. People need this and I can get paid by doing this for it. So an example of like mine was, I love having one-on-one conversations. Like let's sit, have some food, a drink, whatever, and just, or this, and just shoot the shit, man. Um, Those are wonderful for me, especially when people want to talk mindset or something that really invigorates me. I could talk to you all day long on that. Um, I like helping people. I love that sort of thing. Examples of what I'm good at empathy in my mind is what i've been told i'm good at sometimes a way good way to tell what you're good at is like what are people saying what do you get praises for and stuff like that so empathy learning helping others teaching those are things that kind of hit me with what i'm great at and then what does the world need the world needs someone to help them get them out of their funk sometimes like there's a lot of people in a very bad place in here even though they're not in a bad place in their wallet and that's the biggest thing that hit me with mine. Um, and then what can you get paid for? So how can you take the things I'm good at and get paid for? So that's coaching, that's public speaking, that's hosting a podcast like this dude does. Hmm. Um, things like that. These Those are a breakdown. Like I had 10 of each, I think, or so when I did it. But that's, you can kind of see the through line, right? Yeah. And that, I knew, this one, I knew the outcome. Um, because I went through a journey earlier in the year and it told me the same thing, but I resisted it. And I knew this weekend when I went to it in Chicago, that something was going to change in my life. And then we start, then we sat down and we, I learned we got to do an icky guy. I learned what icky guy was and everything else. And I was like, man, this was, it told me the same damn thing <laughs> that the other one told me. So it's like, yeah. once someone slaps you in the face enough, you gotta be like, I guess I'm going to listen to you now. So the normal progression here would be to talk about what what you're doing, what you're planning is your coaching program, but this is not a normal podcast. So I want to go back. You mentioned there was a couple other things on your journey. Um, I know you had a psychedelic experience in there. Are you open to talking about that a little bit? Yeah, I'll gladly talk about that. Man, I did that, what, three or four months ago at this point in time. Um, That was one of the things that we talk about fear, right? And then fear of the unknown and fear of what could happen, not physically, right? Um, I did this with people that are certified that do this. This wasn't like some dude off the street. Like You didn't just go to Coachella and, and find something in the corner? And- no. I was okay. like, oh, this is, on, this is on the ground. This looks <laughs> great. No, I, I did it with certified people that have been doing it for a long time. And what did and you do? Was it, do it. Uh, psilocybin? That? Or what, what What did you take? Uh, aso- aso- <laughs> psilocybin. Oh, oh, ayahuasca? Ayahuasca. There you go. Both of them. So you, you start with a psilocybin blend, um, basically. So it's all about the space. This isn't a journey. Isn't about getting high. That's not it at all. Like right. That's anyone. In fact, the people that I did it with, you have to talk to them beforehand. And if they think that's any part of it, they're like, no, 
is to know what we want. We're here to help you with yourself to grow. It's a way, there's many ways we can get out of our own head. And one of them could be, is this, because it opens you up. There's breathing exercises, there's evolutions that can do this, but this is one way that opens you up. Um, so what you do at this one, when you get there, you mingle for a while, right? Um, and then you sit down and everyone says their intentions, like what they want to get out of this. The people that are running it will watch you, listen to you, but also watch your body. Um, and based on what they hear and they see, they give you a different blend that will do different things to you. So me, I'm always in here, my head, instead of in here. Um, and I want this to stop. I don't know if anyone listens to podcasts the same way or you are, man, like your head just keeps going constantly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop. Um, and it's annoying. Um, and I want that to happen, stop. So I, the weirdest part is right before they asked what my intention were, I'm doing the same thing. What's the best intention? This one. Wait, no, wait, this one. No, no, this probably is a better <laughs> intention. This one. And I'm like, oh, geez, which was hilarious because I said the intention um, that I just wanted this to stop and I wanted to get it into here um, so I can figure out more about my life and myself. And then after that was said, they gave us our psilocybin. And mine was meant to make me go internal. There's some t- internal, some that's external. So you still talk for a while and then a certain song comes on, you all lay down. Different parts, right? All around the house. Um, and I lay there, mine's going, mine's going. I'm like, well, this ain't working. I'm going to get up soon. And then I was out. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Um, and I thought I was out for only a little while, but I guess I was up like two hours. They gave me something to really, they wanted me out of my head. And it was really cool because it's kind of like both my head and my heart um talked like they were communicating together because i was able to figure things out but it wasn't my mind trying to figure it out it was a weird weird thing so uh one of the things i wanted right was my mind to stop so the first thing that happened was nothingness i was just a void that's all it was and you could it's it kind of looked like space to me in my head when i was asleep doing this well not asleep but out um and then I'd kind of think about something and bring it in and it would just kick it back out and try to think about something, bring it in and kick it back out. It wouldn't let me think about work. It wouldn't let me think about fun. It wouldn't let me think about anything. Um, eventually, the only thing I could really think about was uh, my wife. So I thought about my wife for a while, smiling, happy, because I love my wife's loving, happy relationship. And then from there, after being in that space for a while, and it's hard to tell time while this is happening. Then I moved, I moved to like a different spot. For me, like I played a lot of video games and stuff as a kid. So it's kind of like next level. Um, you moved <laughs> nice. up. And so I'm in this area. And it's weird. It's like there's a it's space again. It's like there's a circle here and a circle here. And I'm taking pieces of my life here and moving them into one of the circles. And I would, I would get an emotional response based on what I moved to those circles. Which would, would I interpreted as my heart, uh, soul, everything else, um, telling me what's in alignment in my life versus what's not in alignment in my life. And most things were in alignment, but there's one business I'm in right now, um, my rental management business, basically, that was not in alignment. I couldn't figure out why, because I'm the short-term mental guy. Yeah. Ego, right? That's ego. Um, and then from there, I ended up waking up. I guess I was up for quite a while. And then I talked to people, and we talked about what happened and what we saw, and you end up helping each other out. It's a wonderful space. And you just spend the whole night out of your brain finding what you need to find. So it was awesome. I was, I'll tell you, I was. I didn't walk in there like badass confident. I walked in like nervous as all hell. Yeah. Like what's going to happen? What's like what I trusted the people in the room. That's why I did it. But man, it's still like, it's like anything else. It was a new experience, right? And you have fear of a new experience and you have to either combat that fear and overcome that fear or you have to run away from it and then you don't grow. Like if you don't expand that comfort zone, you're not growing. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So I guess that's my overview. So real quick on that, when you came out, I mean, you mentioned you talked to some people for a while, but did you come out and you clearly thought, oh man, I'm out of alignment with my short-term rental business. It's not a good fit. Or did it take you a while to kind of work through whatever images and feelings were going on to kind of suss out like, you know what? I think I'm out of alignment with my short-term rental business. That was that was as soon as I woke up. It was before I woke up. Because oh, no kidding. Okay. What makes it even better, and I think I missed this part, is I took all those things and moved in those circles, right? And I this was uh this was an odd thing, a body reaction to it. When I tried to push that into the circle, I shook. Whole body shook. I right. say it's weird, but yeah, that's what happened. People that can confirm it. And you know, I'm stubborn. So I'm continuing to try to do it. And every time I do it, my body still shakes. My body still shakes. Um, and I'm out at this point, but the people were watching me over me. I know that because I woke up and they were there. And they're like, don't worry, we were watching you. Um, but that's all I knew is I kept trying to force it there hmm. and force it there. And it just, every time my whole body would like shake, shake, but nothing else. I'd move something else in there after. And this is all like, if you've meditated, you kind of just want you meditating too. This was the reason I can meditate now better is because of this experience. I'd move something else in there, nothing or happiness. Then I try to push that back in there. And I did that for quite a while until I finally gave up on it. Trying to shove so that yeah, square peg in that round hole, huh? Yep. Is <laughs> but you know, I'm that stubborn kid that's hitting that square peg with a hammer. Yeah. That thing's going in there. No, but, I get it, man. No, it, it it didn't. And I didn't make the actions after. One of the things I realized in Chicago is I rationalized it. Oh, in a couple of years, I'll be earning good money and I won't be you know, in it that much. Oh, I need this right now because of money. And what I realized in Chicago, I forgot who said what, but it was like, click. That thing sitting on my shoulder that I called my rationalization, my head, right? Saying this will work was actually fear in disguise. That's all it was. I was afraid of taking that leap. So my mind went into figuring out how I don't have to. Right. Just another way of avoidance. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Okay. So that was, you did the psychedelic thing. Then you went to the Chicago Emerge event, which you talked about yep. after that. And then, and that was relatively recently, only a, few, a month ago or so, right? Um, it feels like months ago, but yeah, no, it wasn't that long ago. So, so now what? Now you're in this phase where now, you know, you want to pivot. I know that, yep. but what, so what's, what's going on now and what's next? So, you know, now it's, it's scary to pivot, right? Um, I've taken my real estate business and I have somebody that's been helping me out for years whenever I needed her. And I sat with her and I said, look, I'm no longer doing real estate. I have three deals under agreement right now. After that's gone, I'm no longer listing or selling a house. Everything comes to you. I get my 25% referral fee. That's all. So that's off my plate. Um, my short-term rental management is I talk to my coach, my coach. I talk to him too. Talk to my partner, um, let him know, like, this isn't my priority anymore. So we're going to meet and talk about what an exit looks like on that. As for now, I'm out of the day-to-day -day of, of it, and I'm just doing SOPs and stuff like that with one of the VAs. So that's nice. The biggest thing is um, I'm a partner in a coaching business that coaches on how to get started or get to the next level in investing, but it's, it's about... 50% mindset based too. Because what I learned from coaching people and talking to people at a high level, go buttons people and stuff like that, is the tactics won't get you there. The mindset will give you there. Because I I coach on monthly basis, I weekly basis by tennis or people right now in a group coaching. And I did this exercise a while ago. I was like, I taught them scripts and stuff like that, what they should say. Said make 10 phone calls this week. Do you know how many made 10 phone calls that week? One. One. Just one of them. I was going to say zero, but yeah. At least yeah, one, one of them did, did I guess. <laughs> but they, so they had all, they had everything they needed to make the phone call. They had the phone numbers. They had the house addresses. They had the exact thing to say, but they still didn't make the phone calls. 
Because it's so easy to make up excuses, Jason. This is why I shouldn't do it. This is, I can't do it today. My kid's got a basketball game, or you know, there's always something, right? Or, oh man, I, I didn't finish my logo yet. Let me look at my logo. Oh right, I make a yeah. bad ass logo. What if someone goes to my website and it's not fast? But yeah, yeah. It's, so I won't do anything. Yeah, that's that's the least resistant thing, right? Like yeah. this is very painful. This is a little less painful. Well, I gotta do that. Or you yeah. get up your fifteenth pee break in the next half an hour. <laughs> you don't have to pee that much. I know that. Or at least yeah. medically, you shouldn't have to pee that much. But like, <laughs> you find things to do. You find something else, or something comes up, or like. But that's the mental thing. That's getting over that fear and that hurdle of. Because once you start making the phone calls, you realize like they're going to tell you they're going to be they're going to be mean to you. Tell you yes. Tell you no. Tell you to go after yourself. There's not much that's going to happen. And their objections are mostly the same objections. And ask, they'll ask you, what time can you do it in? How much can you pay? You know, why would I sell with you? The normal stuff. Like, mm-hmm. as long as you come from contribution when you're doing stuff like that too, it's not as bad. You're like, I'm, I'm trying to help you out. You know what I mean? Help? Cool. That's it. On to the next. You can't. One of the things we do with any sales role um, is they need to have a want to sell or a want to buy. You can't manufacture that. Like, especially when selling the houses, if they don't have any pain or reason to sell, they're not going to sell at the price you need to sell them at. Because right. wholesalers, investors, it's a business, right? I tell people that. I haven't wholesaled or flipped a little bit, but I would tell people that. And so this is the profit margin I need to make on your house so I can feed my family. And I'd build it in. I'd be, I was pretty transparent with them. This was cost to fix it. This is what's going to cost me to hold it. Like, I want people to see because I, I don't. I hate the wholesales get that, um, and some are good, some are bad, right? That attitude from people. It's like you're just trying to make two hundred grand off me. Like, look at after all the expenses, and I'm going to make thirty, and it's going to take me eight months. I'm going to make thirty or forty grand on average flipping. My average is about forty, uh, but it takes me eight months to do it, right? So, it's not going to be forty grand tomorrow. That's what five grand a month. Yeah. So six. That's sixty grand a year. If I flipped your house and did it for a whole year. So that's not life-changing money, unless you do a couple right. houses at a time, but that was doing at one point in time. But that's what everybody has a different way of doing it, but that my way was transparent. Because I don't want anybody, I didn't want anybody to think I'm flipping them off or anything. And I felt it was it was also easier to create a offer that I'm firm with because like here's the numbers. Like you've seen what I can do. Yeah. And so now moving forward, you're you're more focused on the coaching it sounds like than the actual you know flipping i know you're doing your you got some syndication things you guys just bought a motel this guy's a beast everybody but (laughs) but to keep somewhat focused here so what does the coaching look like i know you just said you do group coaching do you also do one-on-one coaching yeah so we're actually launching our program after this weekend we're doing a weekend event that's gonna be freaking awesome uh we're just putting the final touches on it it starts tomorrow um so the coaching, basically, when you come in, it's a three-month one-on-one coaching, but there's also group coachings during that time, too. This group coaching is from day one. It's one group coaching a week where we talk about a specific subject, either it's from the complete deal flow system, which is our system of how to get deals. We can pick indirect, direct, and we can teach you how to do stuff like that, or it's from mindset, depending on where we're at. The three-month one-on-one coaching that's happening during that time, that is a quick start program, basically. That's to get you up and running, figuring out what is your path? What do you want to do in the investing world? What are you going to be good at? And then create a plan for you so you can actually execute that plan. And then we actually do use a pod system too for accountability. So once you've done the three-month coaching, you're dumped into a pod with other people. So you continue to keep yourself accountable along with the week, week of coaching. And you have access to the complete deal flow system, which is just a module basically that teaches you how to do any sort of deal flow you want to do those are the biggest things about it um we do have a small community Uh, we really want to grow our community because our community is tight-knit right now everybody helps each other out to get to the next level if they have any problems they call each other and everything i love that i don't want that to be lost as we grow yeah that's that's the that's the thing to figure out right like how do you scale but still keep that community feel 
Yeah. Well, I think like you said, you're already breaking people into pods, but kind of breaking people into smaller groups. And then of course, having larger events where they can co-mingle amongst themselves. I mean, that that's cool, man. Building that community yeah. field, which I know is important to you is, is awesome. So it is. what we is the program called? Sorry to interrupt accelerated. you. R-E-I accelerated. R-E-I accelerated. REI Excel. So that's the program online. Uh, I don't have the website off the top of my head, although I should because I guess I'll get it from you. I'll get it from you. We'll put it in the show notes. That's all. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, But yeah, we we do one event a year. I hopefully get to more at some point in time because the events really have a large impact because we teach mindset tactics. We also do these things called evolutions. And instead of telling you to get out of your comfort zone, these evolutions will make you get out of your comfort zone. So we do How certain do things. Give me an example. So here's an example. This isn't coming out before the weekend, right? Okay. Yeah, no, no. This will be out in a couple of weeks. So you're good. <laughs> so I told someone else about this example that we did um, last year, and I was part of it. Balled my eyes out, right? Uh, it's one of the things that helped me break my manly persona. I don't hug. I'm a man. You know, all that kind of crap. <laughs> um, I don't cry. I'm a man. Um, no, everyone cries. Uh, now, I was telling somebody else in abundance about this one. So we're doing this tomorrow night. Obviously not when this comes out, everyone listening. So today when we're recording, it's November 2nd, 2023. So Jason is talking about November 3rd, 2023. Proceed. Thanks, guy. Thanks, man. That was good. You're a good host. <laughs> you good this hosting thing. Um, <laughs> we take you at the end of the day and we actually bring you to a graveyard. Quiet graveyard, not near anything. We don't murder you. All right. Just That's don't good. think that there's no murderings happening at this time. That is good. No physical murdering. Um, but we talked to you about what happened in the day. We kind of break down the day. And then we take the time and say, okay, cool. The day's over. You've had a great day here. You're going to have a great day tomorrow. You get in your car to leave and you're hit by a bus. You're dead. You're gone. Your family will never see you again. Your friends will never see you again. What I want you to do now, I want you to go find a grave that speaks to you. I want you to sit in front of that grave. I want you to write your last letter to your loved one. What do you think about them? What do you regret about it? Who's your loved one? And we just have them go off and we stay silent and you write your letter and if man, like I don't care how big and brilliant you were or tough lady you were, but bawling their eyes out, right? I'm writing a letter yeah. to my wife about how much I take it for granted. And like that changed things with my wife, my relationship, because finance, 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 finance was what I was caring about. And now it's you know, I care about a lot more than finance, and that was one of the things that broke me to get there. So that's an example of taking you out of your comfort zone through an evolution that makes you makes the shift in your mind. Cause I can't, I can ask the questions I can lead you, but I can't change your mind. And we do, we have four evolutions of certain degrees. Sometimes take you out of your physical comfort zone. Sometimes your emotional comfort zone um, that we're going to do over the weekend. So that's, that's one of the things that sets us apart. Um, and one of the things I love doing because I did it. I did yeah. it last year and man, it changed me. Dude, that's amazing. I've never, I could imagine how intense that would be and how uh, life-changing that could be. Yeah. That's great. It makes you realize what's important in your life, right? Yeah. With what you're writing on that letter. Which we all need to do way more often than we do, of course, as we all get yeah. tied up in the daily grind of just trying to get by and, and you know. But we don't stop yeah. and think about the things in our lives and look at the sunset and stuff like that we don't do that really much because we're all wired to go faster to go farther to just keep going rather than just enjoying the journey that we're on and that's we talked about before this right the the death march to financial freedom which i was on right mm -hmm. not financially free yet i'm getting there um but like it's instead of the death march of financial freedom now i'm still going towards financial freedom but I'm going to be happy along the path right. rather than being empty inside. Right. Cause I don't know. I don't know if any of the listeners have felt this way, but that was me for like years when I was doing things, I was empty inside 
I was drinking every night. Like we've talked about, man. I'll, so mm-hmm. yeah, I was a functioning alcoholic for like three years, mm-hmm. uh, just because I was crushing it, crushing it, crushing it. But I wasn't feeding my emotional needs, so I fed fed my bottle needs instead, which isn't the right thing to do. No, but this year not. is actually when I got out of that, um, and it it was the journey, which was the big tipping point on that one. That was another thing that came out of that journey. I had pieces to get me there, but that's when the things changed, mm-hmm. and things started turning and now I'm spending time with my family. I'm making sure I put fun in my life. I'm meditating and spending time. It's funny. It's, it's me time. I get it from someone else. Uh, when you spend a couple hours a week, just you, not you and your family, not you and your kids, just freaking you and doing whatever you want. I don't even want to play video games, go walk in the woods. Like I had that one point cause I do play games occasionally. I haven't in a while, but like I was talking to my coach and she's like, I was like, oh man, I feel bad if I play video games because I should be doing some one point. She's like, it's your time, man. Whatever recharges you, you do that. Yeah. You don't have to feel bad about wanting things, you know, yeah. even if they're seemingly silly. You, you can't be pushing the ball forward 100% of the time. You're just going to burn out. I think, I don't know. I think you and I agree. It, it's, it's, if you can take the time to truly recharge, when you get out of that recharge zone, you're going to push the ball way further than you would if you were just sitting there trudging along the whole time without taking any breaks for yourself to fill your cup yeah and here's the hard part you have to shut off that phone yeah oh well, yeah the, we all the struggle minute, with like that. your work texts you or your wife texts you or anything like that it pulls you out so yeah. i i have a this guy in the coaching group and we had a big conversation with one of our coaching things all about designing your week and meet time and he calls it jason time now he's like, i'm off doing jason time he'll post it sometimes it's kyle Kyle does it. You know, Kyle. It's, it's <laughs> nice. always hilarious to me every time I see it. I'm like, dude, I didn't invent that. <laughs> like, but I appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I guess the only, if somebody is listening to this, what I really want to get across to people is don't try to get to the end as fast as possible. You said earlier, Adam, to enjoy the journey and be fulfilled during the journey. Don't, don't like lose everything to get to the end. Have you watched Up in the Air? Up in the Air. Movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a great movie. I love that movie. Jordan's agent in that had no friends. Right. No family to talk to. Ate alone all the time. And he said, when I sell my business and retire, I'll make friends. Guess what? The last scene of that movie is him eating alone at a table again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, probably near a year ago, wouldn't have realized anything about that. But I was like, ooh, like, that hit hard. Like, you can't just tell your friends go F themselves for 10 years and your family and then like boom they're back yeah i've heard this put actually i was listening to another podcast today and someone put it this way like there's no doubt that you're going to be successful you know if we were talking about you jason there's no doubt you're you're a hard driven dude you're going to get to the top of the mountain but do you want to be by yourself when you get there No. no why would you want to do that you got to have fun. You got to enjoy the journey. You got to make relationships and, and take people with you. Or what's the point? Yeah, here's, here's something that kind of shatters my thought process. I'm going to be financially free in 10 years, right? People say that. Or five years, whatever it is they're going to say. What if you die in three? Right. Right? You, never, you better enjoy the hell out of those three years, right? Because you never you know. Never, you, you, you busted your ass those three, five years. And you, you're waiting because in that 10-year time, you're going to... Now start having fun. Now start feeding your family. Now start doing all those things. But you died before then. Or God forbid your loved one died. And you didn't spend the time you needed with them. Like, oh, that makes me want to cry right now. Yeah. What's the old quote? Most people die when they're 25. They just don't get buried until they're 75 or something oh, like God, that. Oh, God, I never heard that, but it's so good. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's a big life changer to me. Like, Anytime, like I can hit by car on the way out of here. Like that's that's what evolution is all about, and that's what really pinned it home to me. Dude, was... you are a beast. We could keep <laughs> going all night, but you wanna you wanna dive into the Wayfinder Four with me here? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> let's do it. All right, this is my first time doing it by myself, so I'll have to remember not to I, take I breaks, have, waiting for I Louis to jump in. <laughs> all right, first question: What is a hack? Just something that helps you cheat life 
hack that helps me achieve life, like a life hack, basically. Yeah, hack could be an app, could be a routine, could be anything that you feel like helps you out. Yeah, a hack that helps me with something with life is I spend my time in the morning with my family rather than straight to work. I used to get up for work and just shower, go to work. But my wife and I made intentional time to get up, cook breakfast, spend some time talking and watching a show together. Hmm. You do that every day? About, every day, about an hour, except Saturday, because Saturday I run out for a workout. So every, every workday, Monday through Sunday was Saturday, not involved. We spend about an hour together in the morning before we go and leave. And that's just, it fills me up because I'm spending time with my family. Yeah. That's awesome, man. All right. Question number two. Give me a favorite. There's band, book, movie, just something you love. Uh, activity. Activity is martial arts. Krav. I love that. Krav Maga. Um, I know that. Krav Maga. There's so many workouts I've tried to do all through my life and I can never stick on them. And it's the one martial arts are the one thing that's just stuck and come fairly easy to me. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be, seems to be the case from the little bit I've gotten to know you. And now you're crushing the GB nines all the time. So you're doing that too. Well, I, that's on hold. I'm doing something else right now. But yeah, I, <laughs> okay. I was doing that a lot at 80%, the 80%. Um, <laughs> uh, if you ask for favorite book, it's go giver. I still love Ooh, that book. That's such a good book. We talk about I, that on this show I relatively regularly. Again. Yeah. I, I quote some of the laws. Um, sometimes when things come up, I think the biggest one is, one is and I may, I may butcher it a little bit in my own words, the amount of income you can earn is directly correlated to the amount of people you serve. Yep. And how well you serve them is the second part because that matters too. Absolutely. I can't McDonald's serve you and, you know, that's not serving you well. Sorry, McDonald's. No offense, McDonald's, but yeah. yeah McDonald's, you, is McDonald's one of your sponsors? No, not yet. Not yet. I don't think they'd sponsor me. Um, all right. Question number three. If you could go back and give some advice to your younger self, what would that be? Enjoy the journey. Like we were just talking about, kind of. You know, love the moments you're in instead of thinking about what's coming next. Love the moments you're in instead of thinking about what's coming next. Yep. Love it. Be present. That's great. The, the way I like to say is live for today, plan for tomorrow. Somebody probably said that. Nope. Uh, that, Jason that Regan said it first. There we go. Call me. I am so insightful. Dude, you're just dropping that. quotes this episode. This is going to be yeah, really good. That, that's that's kind of how I try to do it. So I'll publish this before you put your book out and then I will won't have to you know, pay you royalties or something. Oh man. What if I get book written in a month now? That is on my, <laughs> um, that's on my vision slash, uh, bucket list to actually write a book one day. Me too. Cool. I don't yeah. have a topic yet. That's the problem. No, it'll fi- we'll figure it out. It's all good. Yeah. All right. Now, what's one thing that prevents people from being happy in their lives? One thing that prevents people from being happy in their lives. That's what you said. Yes. Oh man, I want to go into a gap in the game conversation with that one. It's you know what okay. I'm gonna go with. Do it. It's your it's your mind. The one thing preventing you from being happy in your life is your mind, because if we think gap and gain, if I'm in the gap, then I'm thinking it's the same scenario, but I'm thinking about it a different way. Yeah. Right. Like, I could get up, I could wake up with a little bit of a headache, right? And I could be like, shit, my whole day is gonna suck because you you know that mindset, right? This is bad, so bad then. So I could be like, all right. We'll just we'll just go have some breakfast, eat, drink some water. I'll be over my headache. And let's let's go. Right. Might let's deal with it example. and move forward. No, yeah, I like it though. It's a good point. But yeah, so gap in the gain for those out there that don't know what he means by that. It just has to do with you know whether you're looking forward, upset because you're focused on the things you don't have, or whether you can kind of look backwards. Not that you're just looking backwards, but being able to appreciate how far you've come. And and I think, you know, Jason and I agree that if, if you're sitting there just not really appreciating how far you've come and, and where you're going, and, and like you said, enjoying the journey, then, and, you know, people live in that gap, so to speak, of what they don't have, and, and they're never happy. Yeah, I find people, unless they, like, they stop and look back, don't realize how much they've done last year. So we do this, 
exercise at one of my networking groups a couple times. So you guys do that out there. I want you to do it. Today, a year ago, pull up your phone, look at the pictures on your phone and see what you're doing a year ago versus what you're doing right now. And you're like, holy shit, that was only a year? I did yeah. all that? Wow. Um, rather than thinking, man, I didn't make, well, I didn't make um, enough money this year because so I must have failed. No, you pivoted your whole life this year and got yourself into alignment. Yeah. Or no, you got yourself into your first flip and last year you were just thinking about doing it. Those are big steps. And maybe you're not seemingly further ahead than you were a year ago. So that means either you're just like Jason said, in some kind of pivot that you need to make and you're learning lessons that will get you ahead in the future. Or maybe you're on the wrong path, right? True. Yeah, because I'm not financially enough further ahead than it was last year, really. I'm about the same, right. maybe a little less. But I, instead of going forward, I took steps sideways to get into mm-hmm. a place that makes me more fulfilled and happy. Yes, sir. Thinking of the future rather than the now. Dude, you're a beast. Thanks for coming on. on three. No, that was four. four. Oh, that was four. Dude, I appreciate it, man. man. So, um, sorry, this is where Lou usually jumps in and saves me. But um, so if we talked about REI Accelerator, we'll put that in the show notes. If people want to follow along or get a hold of you in any way, do you want them just to go to that website or is there another way? The best place to find me, just, uh, just Jason Regan on Facebook. I'm old. Um, so I'm not an Instagram guy as much. I'm on Instagram. It's REI investment journey, uh, RE investment journey or something like that. I need to change that uh, on Instagram. Just find them on Facebook. Find me on Facebook because I'm old and I like Facebook. (laughs) I'm also on YouTube. If you find, if you look up Jason R. Holmes on YouTube, uh, there's a lot of stuff. I go over some of my flips, what I earned, uh, how I did them, screw ups I did, short term rentals. There's not, there's not much mindset on there, but if you want to look at, my goal was to show you exactly what actually happens and the journey behind an investor when I was doing that. It will be back, but it's not back right now. All right, man. I'm sure they're all going to hit you up. So get ready for some floods hey, and just, good I luck. I expect a lot of subscribers because I mentioned this on your show. Yeah, dude, you're on the Wayfinder show now. It's going to be massive. Like I'm five, I, I need to hit, I'm going to hit the <laughs> thousand mark. I'm at like 230. By tomorrow, by the day after this comes out, I should be at a thousand. I'm going to call you and be like, dude, what the hell? No, you're going to hit it. You're going to hit it. And good luck at your event this weekend or, you know, for the listener out there in the, in the past or kind of in the future. So, you know, I don't know what I'm saying right now. Yeah. Reach out to me on Facebook too. If you want to find out what the next event is and you want to open up yourself. Yes, sir. Cool. All right, man. Yeah, man. Take care. All right. Later, man. We hope you've enjoyed The Wayfinder Show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.